Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway in a brand new day. February 21st, 2021. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You just click that little red box that says sponsor this podcast and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Mike Spears, joined alongside, as always, my co-host, Case Slow. And Case, I think we might have it this week. We might have it. I think since February, I've been having production issues, but I feel good this week. I feel good. I'm not going to curse myself by going on a tangent about production equipment and then my audio sounding awful as I say that. I really enjoyed getting that note last week. Normally, if we have a production issue, I get upset about it. Not at you, but just upset that it doesn't go the way that I thought it would. But hearing back last week that as you were talking about the importance of quality production, that you yourself were having production issues made me laugh quite hard. Yeah, uh, I a little bit of an Icarus moment for me, you know, mm, yes. too high, too close to the sky. And that paid off. But. Hey, and then you got it, an ugly back tattoo to remember it. You know, I, I I try not to think about that Icarus that often, case. No, I just remember the first Chikara show after the shutdown. It was he and Eddie Kingston in the main event. And that match was so ungodly bad. And it's just kind of, it's why... I can never take like the hardcore Eddie Kingston contingent too seriously because yes, he's absolutely doing the best work of his career in AEW, but people either pretend that he was good or neglect the fact that he was actively a terrible wrestler for 
the entire 2010s almost, minus a handful of matches here and there, and whatever excitement I had about Chikara returning was quickly evaporated after that match, and then it entirely disappeared once they did the Chicago shows that I, this is, you know, an early, uh, a long time Voices of Wrestling flagship listeners might remember the Rich Krejci review of those shows where they were playing Duck, Duck, Goose or Rock, Paper, Scissors or whatever they were doing. And that was that was pretty much the end of Chikara being a relevant entity outside of King of Trios. And that is what I think of when I think of Icarus. Yeah, it it is something that I was someone who was Chikara pilled at that time. Like not that deep into it, case like like we've gone through my. You, you weren't history. doing a, you weren't doing any scavenger hunts, were you? No, no ARGs. But like it was something that I was the shutdown killed it for me. But it it, it was like the King of Trios weekends were, were always something that even afterwards after the shutdowns, it, it, they tried to bring back that feeling. And as someone who was at King of Trios two thousand nine, they never brought back that feeling. No, the closest was the year with the Lucha Underground guys and the Bullet Club guys, and that was that's kind of it. You know, they, you got the Phoenix, and I think it was like Phoenix, Pentagon, and Aerostar maybe versus AJ and the Bucks, and anything after that, I, I, I really have no recollection of. And it also, I think it's fair to say when you look at like the students that came out after that, like, yep, everything tailed off as one would expect if you look at the shows that were leading up to that. I still have so much Mr. Touchdown stock. And I and we talked about this. I mean, we talked about this three years ago on the Drangate USA series because Mr. Touchdown starts popping up towards the very end of that run. He just should have been a big star and he wasn't. And it will never sit right with me in the same way that, you know, Jigsaw should be a big star and, and he wasn't because he got trapped under that Chikara universe. It's a real shame. Mr. Touchdown should be a good-looking guy right now. Let's be honest. Can you imagine pro wrestling Noah Mitsuharu Masawa's brand and it's Mr. Touchdown and the retrosexual? <laughs> yes, very much, Cam, because I did spend six hours watching the Dome show. So yes, I could very easily imagine that case. Did you watch that entire show? Yeah, I did. Oh my god. I, I was doing other things, but like, you know, for the stuff that immediately matters to me i paid attention to it but then i would have like flipped back and forth i mean there's only so much suwama i can take even though i up until the uh the the uh set, the first half of the main event i the suwama was my favorite match on that show so yeah but that's also because i think that kento miyahara needs to take everyone affiliated with kinsuke's office's head off now yeah, I, I am going to go back. I'm going to watch the Nakajima Miyahara match. I'm going to watch Okada versus Kiyomiya. And I guess Hiromu, the Hiromu match as well. I, the only thing I saw was the the Zebrats versus Noah match. Yeah, uh, should we just touch on the Dragon Gate participation of this here before we get into Rey de Parejas? Yeah, please. So today, uh, uh, February 21st was... I'm not going to get the full name off the top of my head, but let's see what I can do. Do this. Kiji Muto Grand Final Pro Wrestling Last Love Holdout. You got it. There we go. There we go. Which had significant Dragon Gate precipitation or or even just... It was, uh, it was raining Dragon Gate, guys, in the Tokyo it, Dome. Let me tell you. Yeah, so... Of course, like we mentioned, Zebrats versus Noah was one of the matches alongside the uh, participation of Ada and the opener. Uh, did you see the opener? 
No, I, I like I said, I only saw the Zebrats match. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is a man who could have the world in the palm of his hands, and not interested in it. Uh, got brand new gear for Stinger, or whatever Stinger is going to become, and uh, showed a lot more life. I mean, it's Ata; he's great, but it's just one of those things that, like, I watch that in, a, in that performance, and me watching this show primarily as a Dragon Gate fantasy, the Dragon Gate stuff, and then you know. This is like the last major retirement show until probably Tanahashi's. So you have to soak it in there. And I'm and just like having an, a feeling of being incredibly annoyed as a Dragon Gate fan watching that match. It's interesting now that we enter obviously a post Peros universe and a post seemingly Nozawa universe. You just have to wonder what Ata specifically is getting out of wrestling in Noah. You know, for Masaki Mochizuki... He gets to wrestle some legends. He gets some big singles matches. I I at least understand that. But with Ata, is is wrestling Hayata? Is wrestling Chris Ridgeway? With all due respect to those guys, you know, is that is that the future that you want? Because you know, I, I you and I have talked about this a handful of times now. We mentioned it on the first show we recorded in February when we reviewed the Cork and Hall show. Of just you know, three years later, crowds return. Ata still the most over guy or one of the three most over guys on these Dragon Gate shows. And he doesn't get that reception in Noah and his closest ally in Noah's no longer there. The, you know, with what we know about his background and his love for Mexico and his love for Paraguayo Jr., the branding that brought him to Noah's gone. And now is the time where in the same way that I think New Japan had a very serious conversation with Kota Ibushi a few years ago and said, you know, this is what we want from you. You've had your fun. Now it's time to do business. I really wish Ata would be propositioned in a similar way. And if if he chooses not to dedicate himself full-time to Drangate, I hope he goes to Mexico. You know, I, I would much rather watch Ata and IWRG or Big Lucha than I would him and Noah at this point, just because of my thoughts on the Noah Jr. division. It, it's incredibly frustrating thinking that we could lose a year of greatness out of this guy because he's splitting time with Noah. And it's something of when we talk about Mochi is that Mochi is based in Tokyo. He's a Tokyo resident. So for like during COVID also, I would say case, it was something that people that there were a lot of shows that it was just the Kobe based contingent or the people who traveled. So it made a lot of sense for Mochi to do that. Whereas with Eita in this world, I just wonder if he's just bored with Dragon Gate. I mean, like if he appears and just just is appearing on the shows as we expect, that's okay. But you go and you see things where actually it looks like he's enthused, at least the impression that he's enthused, and it's just annoying. It, it, it's annoying. Like that's the only way I could really put it. And then Zebrats versus Noah. Everyone's probably seen the GIF. Uh, as of the time of recording, just just because the information might be coming. Uh, it's 7.14 Central Standard Time. Uh, no news on Diamante, who certainly looked like he had some sort of wrist or elbow injury coming off of a insane monkey flip 450 splash that he did in the early moments of the match against the Noah guys. Uh, Case, uh, we were talking about this. Both of us are familiar enough of action sports that immediately when that happened, I think we our thoughts both went to the same place, right? It's not good. I mean, there's no way that's the reaction to a spot that that ends with anything positive. You know, 
I thought we narrowly escaped danger. You know, he missed most of January with a shoulder injury or with a knee injury. And he comes back and all right, all right, power's restored in the universe. Diamante is going to have a huge 2023. And now we get this. And I, I don't see any way he doesn't miss an extended period of time. We're talking maybe not Kobe world, just based off the way this injury looked. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, it's a severe sprain, right? Like, like straight up, like it, it, he his elbow went in and his wrist went down. And that was the reason why Mama Spears always insisted that I wore wrist guards whenever I rollerbladed. <laughs> I, I mean, straight up, straight up. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it could have been good. And it's such a bummer because, you know, you and I always talk about the the fear of Diamante getting seen by more people. And with the way that match was going, it, it just, it felt like Diamante was prime for a big finishing stretch. You know, he and, and El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. I thought had very nice chemistry. I think they were going to be given another sequence towards the end of the match where they could have really ha- had a big spot to shine. And he did not get that. And I, I don't know about you, Mike, but this match actually got the reaction that I was expecting it to get which is no reaction whatsoever. It reminded me of that M2K match that took place in Budokan in 2002 All Japan. I'm looking at the card right right now. Mm -hmm. Dragon Kid, Jimmy Yang, and Masaki Mochizuki versus Darkness Dragon, Magnum Tokyo, and Susumi Yokosuka. And that match is a good match that dies a death in that building. And I thought this was very similar. Yeah, and like the shame was that that monkey flip 450 did get a reaction yeah like that was the first thing from the dragon gate guys that did get a reaction and it's frustrating it feels like i i I have to imagine that there might have been some sort of audible like kai dropping that fall like i i feel like something was going to be set up with that match they had to kind of audible out of and yet again i'm left with a feeling of annoyance (laughs) like don't get me wrong like this is like one of those shows that i'm glad that i've that I devoted the time to mostly pay attention to, but if I'm having to look at it from a critical Dragon Gate eye, I can't look at it as something that was beneficial unless unless suddenly everyone brought back a giant Samsonite from Tokyo. I am still of the belief I would have been more annoyed had they been left off of this show. Is it worth a six-month Diamante injury? No, it's not, but... We didn't know that going in. We couldn't have expected that. I, I would have been far more annoyed had they not gotten a chance to sh- uh, be showcased on the show, given you know what DDT had or what Tokyo Joshi Pro had. I mean, I, I wish, quite frankly, I wish the Drangate guys would have got the similar uh, instead of the DDT guys got. Now, Drangate was running a show across the country today. They couldn't have done that. But I wish we would have had a six or eight man tag of Zebras versus Natural Vibes or Zebras versus D-Courage instead of Drangate versus Noah. Right, yeah, but also I think that like like that would have been the ideal scenario, but you look at those offer matches, those are cyber fight promotions. And yeah. and then all Japan went straight to Noah went straight against Noah and Congo and we see what the deal was for the promotions that were brought in that they basically brought in for a loss versus Noah and the rest of the card and the the, the fact that there's 30,000 people there for some portion and who were they were there for the, the the hands played out exactly as you expected. No, I think the two spots of the match that got a reaction were, were the Diamante injury spot 
And then early on when Ninja Mac goes for a dive and Shun Skywalker breaks it up, that got a ton of heat. And other than that, I mean, any big Shun Skywalker offensive spot, I just didn't get anything at all. Yeah, so, but you, it, it's exposure, you know, at the end of the day, you, you've, as you said, you'd rather have them on the show than not on the show. And, you know, at the end of the day, can't disagree with that whatsoever. How can we get the Drangi guys away from Ninja Mac? And I, I almost feel bad saying that, but we've had a lot yeah. of Noah Drangi over the last six months, and it's all involved Ninja Mac, and I, I am just not into it. Is he, like, sliding money? To, to say like hey i want to be the one here like well i uh, i yeah. look i mm. i don't when yeah. when ninja mac first tour no i asked some questions and i i never got a definitive answer look more power to him he's found himself consistent work he seems to be over with that crowd i don't totally get it but good for him for sure, for sure. And can, then, I, can I also say, can we dive into the cage match archives really early, really quick in this show? Brother, we're 15 in. We got to do it this week because after this, we're going to be talking nonstop right at Parade House. That All Japan show that I referenced, the Royal Road uh, 30th, I don't, I don't the cage match name is odd, but it's All, All Japan, August 31st, 2002. There's the Dragon Kid, Jimmy Yang, Masaki Mochizuki versus Darkness Dragon, Magnum Tokyo, and Susumi Kosuke match. That is sandwiched in between. The match that comes before it is Abdul the Butcher and Kendo Kashin versus Mitsuya Nagai and Yoji Anjo. And the match that comes after it is Chronic of Brian Adams and Brian Clark versus Tomiaki Hanma and Yuto Ajima. That is truly insane. I love it. We, we got some early turmeric storm, if I'm right, against Chronic. That's, yeah. And then the guy. Oh, God. 2002 All Japan was a wild trip. I, I think that was like a 30th anniversary tour show, and that was the confusion there, case. Yeah, yeah. Bill Goldberg versus Taiokia, semi-main event. <laughs> I... I wonder what what Taiokia is up to because I know when like he retired and like he said like he went back to college like he's someone that I I kind of wonder what's up with him. I like that if you go to his cage match, his listed promotion is Odu, which was the Akibono promotion that Cage Match has listed three shows. I don't remember them running a show, but oh, Cage did. Match has they three did. down. Yeah, but I think after oh, those three... I re oh, I remember this because their debut show had Pentagon versus Phoenix and Cork and Hall. Right, yeah, because because uh, Mrs. Baba was the money behind it, if I was right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, like because this was like during like that time period where like Mrs. Baba asked back the original Triple Crown. Wow, okay, all right. Yeah, if my memory is right. Like, I, I could be entirely wrong here. I watched six hours of the Dome show, including... Kiji Muto's greatest trick. <laughs> I, I look, I, I can't imagine being a pro wrestling Noah fan, but more power to those people. Gosh, I, I, I mean, even if you're like a Naito fan, like you have a reason to be a little bit curmudgeonly. I mean, Tetsuya Naito fans have a reason to complain. A legit one for once. Oh wow, I interesting. Mean, I, I I mean, your guy is idle. You have the retirement match against him, and then he immediately decides less than three minutes later, hey, uh, my old dojo mate didn't get a retirement match. So let's do another one right now. Fantastic. What a worker. 
to the what end. What a worker. And Case, you know what was a lot of work that we had this week for the Dragon Gate guys? Ray de Parejas, my friend. That's right, Ray de Parejas. They had five shows in four days. Uh, a lot of tag team wrestling. Uh, just, I guess, off the uh, top case, how are you feeling about the tournament as we go into the last week? I'm feeling good. I, I left one of these shows very annoyed and I think my tone for this podcast could have been very different had I not gotten the chance to watch Jason and Jackie versus Kakuta and Yoshioka, which we'll get to. Before we talk about these two shows in Fukuoka and the, I think, four YouTube matches that we watched, a bunch of free content from this tournament, obviously up on the Drangate YouTube channel. Mike, I'm going to go team by team here. We'll go A block first and then B block. I'm going to throw this at you uh, right now impromptu. You tell me delivered over delivered or under delivered so far in this tournament does that all make sense yeah the I, great idea let's do it i'm here for it all right a block the leader right now in the a block tied for first place as of february 21st bb hulk and coach menorah they have five points mike delivered over delivered under delivered I would say over-delivered, if only for the fact that we got to see Dragon Daya be put into new shapes because of this tag team. And Hulk has been a lot of fun with Minora. I would say that I think this tag team has over-delivered. Case, how about you? I think it, it's over-delivered because of the Cork and Hall match alone versus Kikucha and Yoshioka. I did not think they would be able to have a match that good. I did not think they'd be able to hit those heights. That is still my match of the tournament. There is an argument to be made that maybe they also had the weakest match of the tournament. I thought them versus the Mochizukis on one of the house shows was a three-star special, very pedestrian match. But I didn't expect them to be the clubhouse leader for match quality, at least in terms of peak. So I, I've got to go slight over-deliver on BB Hulk and Coach Minora. That's fair. Who's next? Jason Lee, Jackie Funky Kamei, they are tied atop the A block right now, also with five points. Delivered, over-delivered, under-delivered. I would say delivered because I already had high expectations yeah. about Kung Fu Masters. And they actually, I will say this case, they have my new match of the tournament, which was them versus Courage Ass. <laughs> are we sticking with Courage Ass as the official name for that tag team? I mean... I feel like that most of these tag teams have like natural ones like Double Dragon, uh, Mena Hulk, you know, like stuff like this, all caps, things that make sense. And I don't know what else you can apply to Yuki and Madoka. But like Courage Ass is the only thing there, either if you want to call them D-Courage. I like that. A I, you know, one of my least favorite things is in WWE when two guys start teaming with one another and it becomes like Seamus and Randy Orton is like RK Brogue. That that drives me absolutely insane for some reason. There's been a bunch, you know, Miz show, Jarrah show. There's just hey, a ton Jarrah of those. Jarrah show was good. Jarrah show was good. I, that that really bugs me for some reason. I never like those. But I, I Courage Ass, is that the name we're going with? Do you have one better? No. <laughs> courage ass it is <laughs> yeah i'm with you there they, they delivered because they've been outstanding and i expected you know n nothing less I anything other than just bona fide greatness would have been a disappointment for them luckily they have hit that threshold in third place right now in the a block four points masaki mochizuki mochizuki jr the mochizuki is where you at with these guys 
I find that they have the most interesting tournament to date. And some of that it makes it a little underwhelming because they have been the ones that you have to find some way to put away Junior or else you're not going to win. They have two time limit draws through this point. Not what I was expecting about for this tournament as we came into it. So with the fact that they had these draws that only recently they've resolved, they've paid off the draws in this uh, Courage Ass versus Kung Fu Masters match. So the Mochizukis, I would say delivered, trending towards underdelivered, but it's all storyline stuff that makes sense. So they've had three tournament matches so far. Uh, by my calculations, let me just make sure I've got this right here. They've got one left. No, they've got to have two left, right? How many teams are out? No, no, they've got one left. They've got they've got Yoshioka and Kakuta on, on February 26th. So three matches in. You've got the Nagano Kato match, which we're going to talk a lot about, which I thought was excellent. The Jason and Jackie match, which I thought was excellent. And then the Hyo and Ishin match, which I almost went notebook on. It, it's for some reason, their tournament is not sticking in my mind. But they've had three great matches. I have to say over delivered. They've been better than I thought they would be. I, I think that's fair because the time limit draws have served the purpose for them and hasn't detracted from their work. Like they're the the tag team that when I could tell it's going to go time limit or if I'm spoiled, I'm not like go at gritting my teeth a little bit. I feel like that they've hit their marks perfectly. So I, I guess I would say over. Yeah, delivered to over delivered. You've sold me a little bit more on them. What about the team uh, that is the youngest in the tournament? The team of Yoshiki Kato and Kaito Nagano currently three points in the A block. You mean rookie tag? Rookie tag. <laughs> Mike Spears on fire tonight. I, I mean, it's because I only have so much space on my notebook pages. Rookie tag. I would know immediately what it, that it's Kato and Nagano. I think they've over-delivered. I think that they have been excellent, especially given the amount of ring time that they had to this point. And it really is something that... Kato, he's he's smoothing out the edges, but not so much that he he's losing who he is, and I think that's pretty important. And Nagano, he's finally got his uh, flash pin down, so that's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. To, to me, this is an over-delivered team just because they're not having a, the proto-young boy matches. They're just going out. They're having legitimately great matches and they're having it in the style of a Dragon Gate match. And that is something that I did not expect. I thought they would lose all of their matches. I thought they would still be really basic structure. Nagano takes the heat. Kato comes back. And then in the end, Nagano gets pinned. Mike, if you parachuted into this, this tournament, you said, I've heard Caselow and Mike Spears on the Open the Voice Gate podcast. I've heard them talk about Drangate, or maybe I, I just became aware of Drangate, rather. Let's use that as the, the analogy. You know, I, I'm, I'm listening to Voices of Wrestling. They're telling me about this promotion. I want to check it out. Would you have any idea that Yoshiki Kato and Kaito Nagano are rookies and that Kato specifically is three months into his career? Oh, absolutely not. And I think that's something that we've seen uh, within these rookies pretty much since the future project has begun with one notable exception, they they are so composed that they don't ever feel like that they are out of place or that they are too much like showing their greenness, for lack of better terms. No, I, 
Look, they've got my second best match of the tournament that happened in Fukuoka. We'll talk about it. I mean, my mind was blown at just how competent they looked in the ring with, you know, another 20, 21 year old. And then obviously Masaki Mochizuki. What they're doing is incredibly impressive. These guys, we've touted them since their debuts. We knew they were going to be good. I feel like they're a little ahead of schedule of where I thought they would be. Because again, the style of match that they're having is not, it's not even like what Fujiwara was having before he left. You know, Fujiwara, obviously a prodigy, I, I think the world of him, still had some pretty bare bones matches, you know, young boy style matches. Kato and Nagano just look like pro wrestlers. So what, what they're doing at this stage in their career is absolutely remarkable. It's composure. It's composure, and it's something that sometimes we have seen, like the rookie moments. And and bring up Fujiwara is a good point because Fujiwara only really blossomed when the calendar year changed, right? Whereas Nagano and Kato really have shown like no real big missteps. I know I get on Nagano's flash pin, but it doesn't phase him. You know, it's something that's like okay, good and next there. Whereas I've seen. More than enough rookies and people who've been around wrestling long enough completely fall apart when that happens. Yeah, no, there, there's just a level of poise with both these guys. I mean, obviously, Kato's going to be the one that people look at, that people hype up, the, the one that has the the greater, higher potential. Nagano's a special talent. I, I mean, we, we've really got to start looking at him. You know, six months into his career, debuted last August. It, it's they, they did it again. It's, it's what they did with SB Kento and with Fujiwara and to some degree with Mochizuki Jr. And Nagano is just one of these guys. He's going to keep the wheels turning. He's going to continue this effortless onslaught of young wrestlers succeeding at a high level. He's already doing it. He's only going to continue to do it. It's really remarkable. It's something also with Nagano that is really kind of fun to see is he he is a charismatic guy he has a certain thing about him and seeing that blossom like outside the ring and inside and how it plays with the soccer enthusiast gimmick to just like him doing Mike second segments with decourage on how shows that is an aspect to him that just pays off and it, it's showing a level of comfort that i mean case for God, seven years we've talked about rookies and like how important it is to be able to be charismatic and talking on the microphone. This guy's already got that. Completely. No, that's look, I mean, Kato's got merch, Dagano's got promo skills. They're 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 doing everything they can to do to succeed. And and that's why we're that's why we're seeing them being treated like this with three points in the tournament and not zero. Right. Yeah. I mean they are not getting the wooden spoon this year, and that is an achievement, but it also plays really well into who is going to be the, the team that's going to go for. Let's talk about Hyo and Ishin real quick. Over-deliver, under-deliver, delivered here. I mean, they're the heel team in the block, and with the way that they work these tournaments and these matches, there's going to be some sleaze and some scumminess about it. I still stand by what I said last week, that... Some of the, the true delights of watching the house shows and having this is getting to see Ishin work these shows and kind of figure himself out in more ways. And I've enjoyed that. Hyo is Hyo, you know, so like I, they fulfilled their role to how I expected. So I have to say delivered. 
I'm going to go under-deliver here. I, I'm pretty unsatisfied with their tournament outside of the Mochizuki's match in Corken Hall. Thought they had a thought they had a bad weekend in Fukuoka. Just wasn't into what they were doing. And, you know, they're going to have... They're going to have two more matches. They're going to have Jason and Jackie on February 23rd. And they're going to have BB Hulk and Coach Minora and Kobe on February 26th. That's going to be the last block match. It's going to be two opportunities to have great matches. You know, if, if they can't do something that I find to be worthwhile versus Jason and Jackie, I think we're really going to have to have a larger discussion on Hyo. And I, I'm already prepared to have that. And Hulk and Minora, I'm sure that'll be a storyline-driven match, obviously, with that could decide the block. They've got the history with BB Hulk. There's going to be a lot there. But I need that to have some sort of edge to it because right now I, I think Hyo and Ishin are falling flat. Yeah, but did you expect Hyo to have this crazy work rate tournament though? Well, okay, that's that's kind of where I'm at with Hyo is am I expecting him to have the same output of a Jason Lee or a Jackie Funky Kame or a Madoka Kakuta? No, I'm not. Even if you look within his unit, I don't expect him to do what Shun is doing or what Kai is doing, or what, you know, Diamante would be doing if he was healthy, even what Ishin is doing. I supported Hyo pretty vocally throughout his Bravegate run, even though none of those matches were were great from a work rate standpoint, because I, you know, I believe the Bravegate belt is at its best when it has some character to it, and Hyo was making those matches his own. The problem is that we're now in this work rate tag team tournament where you've got Jason and Jackie and the Mochizukis and Yamadoi and Shun and Kai, all, all these teams running laps around one another and just trying to have the best match possible. And now Hyo's starting to stick out and he's, he's very much teetering on the, on the brink of becoming this generation's Gamma or this generation's Cyber Kong or and specifically this time and place, I don't want to put him down too much, but like a 2014 punch Tamanaga where he's this heel and we can point to how effective he is and he gets heat and he's this and he's that, but he can't deliver in the ring. And, and I'm, I'm starting to get gravely concerned that we're not getting the great Kyo match, that it didn't happen in the Brave Gate run. It hasn't happened here. I don't know when it's happening. At some point it has to happen or else he just he becomes Gamma and I don't want that for him. I guess, and, and I know that Hyo out of that class was my guy. I guess that, like, I always kind of pegged him more as a character guy. And maybe the work, I figured the work would come. And the work has been there at times, it's just not consistent. I mean, the, we're talking about a guy who has a five-star rating. It ha has had a five-star match, you know? Like, it's not like he's completely bereft. Like, I, that's why I feel like pushing back on, like, punch Tomonaga or like gamma like i don't feel the same way and that might be my personal bias to be fair but i don't know if i'm ready to sell that stock yet i, I it's just it's becoming a trend where i'm ready for him I, i've seen the character work i get it it's great body guy heard it got it love it have a great match do that for me the, the, the working standard in dragon gate is higher than anywhere else you can do all the character stuff you can look great i get it have a great match. He hasn't had that great match in a while, and it's it's starting to be the all-consuming thing when I watch him wrestle. Yeah, but the problem with that is, like, the character stuff is what got him over. <laughs> so, so it's like, if he wanted to focus on, like, work rate too, it's just like, how is he going to achieve that balance with the great brain? 
And I don't know if he can completely do that, but I do like in a promotion where he was at times as a rookie in the Rio Fuda category, what's going to be the thing that like takes him to that next step. And, you know, I, he's a known quantity now. I mean, he's, he's approaching seven years as a, a pro wrestler. I feel like this is kind of who he is. I thought he stunk up the joint, him and Ishan versus Kakucha and Yoshioka in Fukuoka over the weekend. I, I, I thought that was the weakest match of the tournament because it was a match that I actively disliked. It was the one time limit draw that hasn't connected with me. It's the bit of character work that I didn't like. It was a match that I just, I kind of thought was lousy. It was 20 minutes of subpar wrestling. And given what I've seen Kakuta do, given what I've seen, seen Yoshioka do, given what I know Ishin can do, I got to point the finger somewhere and the, and the fingers being pointed at Hyo. That was a Hyo match. A very specific pacing, very specific structure, very specific tone did not land with me at all. Yeah, and I mean, when we start breaking down the matches, there is the discussion to be had overall about the time limit draws. And because that was the one where everyone kind of goes like, all right, these time limit draws, they, they, we get it. It's a block tournament, but they were doing a lot of them. And it happened on that match, I feel, universally. Final team here, last place as we record February 21st in the A block. Two points, Madoka Kakuta, Yuki Yoshioka. Mike, where do you stand with these guys? Courage Ass have been fun. They're in, they're part of my favorite match of the tournament so far, but Yoshioka taking falls has been something that I have not necessarily been a big fan of. So a bit under-delivering, if only for this is how... Yoshioka is coming back to earth like this. I don't, I feel like Kakuta should take the falls over Yoshioka, but we're still seeing Kakuta still having the Shingo Takagi uh, imprint on him, and that has been fun. So, so I guess it averages out to delivering. Yeah, I, I, I'm not with you there on the Yoshioka thing. I'm glad he's taking these falls. Heat Kakuta up. Again, you know, to me, it's Kakuta versus Shuna Dead or Alive. That's the match you have to do. I don't want Kakuta taking any falls. I only want him getting hotter. Yoshioka just had his moment in the sun. He will have it again. Let him get beat. Not, not bothered at all by him getting pinned. Yeah, I, it, maybe it's just something that I think I have like a reaction to when young guys get like that big solidifying Dreamgate run and the pullback. I, I, I think I, maybe I'm more sensitive to the pullback than you are. Possibly, possibly. So as we look at the A block, like I said, BB Hulk and Coach Minora, five points. Jason Lee and Jackie Funky Kame, five points. The Mochizukis, four points. Yoshiki Kato and Kaito Nagano, three points. Hyo and Ishin, three points. And Madoka Kakuta and Yuki Yoshioka, two points. Looking ahead, there's four block matches remaining in this tournament. Two are going to take place on February 23rd with Yuki Yoshioka and Madoka Kakuta versus Yoshiki Kato and Kaito Nagano and Jason Lee and Jackie Funky Kame versus Hyo and Ishin. And then the block will finish out February 26th in Kobe with BB Hulk and Kota Minora versus Hyo and Ishin and Yuki Yoshioka and Madoka Kakuta versus the Mochizukis. Yeah, I think that that uh, rookie tag versus D-Courage match will be real fascinating to see how Kato really is positioned. Do you think there's a shot that he pins Yoshioka? A slim shot, but I can't discount it. 
But you would say Decurs are still the favorites in that match. Oh, heavy betting favorites, but there's a puncher's chance, whereas any other match with a team in the B block, there's zero chance whatsoever, as we've been saying the entire time. I think Yoshioka and Kakuta are going to win out. They win those last two matches. They can get to six points. I think Hyo and Ishin will beat Jason and Jackie. That'll bring them up to five. And then you will have the block deciding match between Minora and Hulk versus Hyo and Ishin. And I think at that point, we will see Hyo and Ishin advance. So we'll have some combination of Cork and Hall. I don't know how they're doing it in terms of the semifinals and the finals, but I would expect Hyo and Ishin and Yoshioka and Kakuta to move on from this block. Yeah, if they're doing four, then I think that those are the... If we're doing like a semifinals, I mean, I feel like that those are the two. To yeah, they're, they're doing a semifinals in Corkin, but I don't know if it's first place from A block and second place from B block, or if they're doing A block versus A block. I don't know what the plan is there. Yeah, I, I would expect to be one versus two. Yeah, so that that's where we're at there. I, look... I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this tournament a ton. I think the larger wrestling media is missing out by not talking about this tournament because you're you're getting a ton of great matches and you're getting a ton of of great matches that are all a little bit different. You know what Kato and Nagato bring to the table is different from Hulk and Minoru. It's different from Jason and Jackie. It's different from Kikucha and Yoshioka. I I have largely loved this tournament and part of that is is the strong work of the B block if you're ready to get into those guys as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm ready for the B block. The uh, leader right now, six points. They're tied for first place. Open the Dreamgate champion, Shun Skywalker, and Kai. Deliver, over-deliver, under-deliver. I feel like that they've over-delivered a little bit because I I guess maybe I'm viewing them in concert with the other Zebrats team, but this one, I mean, they're dismantling people. It, it It's been fun, and it does not feel like that they've really have uh, wasted Dreamgate champion and Kai in this. Like, like, like they feel the way that they should feel and their matches have held up. I felt like, yeah, I thought the Ben K Minorita match kicked ass. I thought they were, were very serviceable against the M3K Mochizuki Kanda team. And I really like them versus the dragons. They are delivering. They have not been outstanding, but I do think they've been very good. That's what I expect from shooting Kai Tied for them in first place right now. We record this February 21st. Second place, or I'm sorry, first place. Tied for first place in the B block. Susumu Mochizuki and Yasushi Kanda. Six points for them. Mike, what do you think about their tournament so far? I feel underwhelmed. I feel like they've underdelivered in a way. Because maybe it is that I, I feel like that a lot of their matches have already happened. And I've watched a lot of it. And I like Yasushi Kanda, but... It's been a lot of conda for my days for 2023. Yeah, they've got one match left that we will get to, but you're right. You know, we've seen four of these matches so far from these guys, the Strong Machines match in Corkin, the Dragons match in Okayama, the uh, Zebrats match in Fukuoka on the house show, and then the Gold Class Benkei and Minorita match in Across Fukuoka. And they've all been fine. They, they, they've all been fine. They've actually delivered just because I didn't have high expectations for these guys to begin with. This is about what I expected from them. Yeah, it, it, it's something that it's nice having them in this block and having the original tag team there. I, it, it is something that maybe it was my, my expectations of, okay, Susumi Yokosuka 
one of the three best tag team wrestlers in Dragon System history, being in a tag team tournament again, not not reflecting the fact that it also has Izushi Kanda and the fact that now these are guys a couple of years older than the last time we saw a Susumu tag team. Very much so. Now, after them, this is where you start to get into uh, a more... Uh, more names that have a shot of winning. Four points right now. Dragon Dia, Dragon Kid, the Dragons. What do you think about their tournament? Their tournament has been fun and surprising. Uh, it It is something where the tag team chemistry sometimes shows up. Sometimes it's not there. But then you get like random stuff like I can't remember until this week case. The last time that I saw Dragon Kid win with a Christo submission. Like, can you remember off the top of your head last time you saw that? No, I certainly can't. So for like that, I like those little quirks here. I've enjoyed the fact that we got like the Lee's wings in this. I, I like that kind of aspect of the tournament. So I'm saying delivered, but I guess the one thing about underlivering, I thought Dragon Kid would have joined Deep Courage by now. Maybe that's a Corkin thing. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think they need to get to it in the tag team tournament. That That gives them, you know something to play off of in March and into April and into dead or alive as hometown show where they can probably have a triangle gate championship match there. there. There's no reason to burn that angle in Fukuoka where they can do it at a later time. And it, I don't think it'll change the impact of it. No, that that's fair. Uh, I will say Daya probably gets like the hard scrabble guy of the tournament though. I mean, going from a match with uh uh shun where he lands on where shun lands on him pretty hard with the knee salt where he was bandaged up the next day to the fact that the match before that uh kodama and nora decided to make him into an equal sign dragon dia is really good at getting his ass kicked to a point that it's almost concerning because this is a guy who's battled health issues in the past and it's just you're, you're right it seems like he has taken a g1 level beating in this tournament yeah uh I wouldn't, with his collarbone issues, be taking that straight onto my shoulders, oh my but I'm God. not a wrestler. If you have not seen the Brain Buster we're talking about, Joe Gagne's Twitter account, he uploaded it. Disgusting, disgusting Brain Buster from Coach Minora on a Dragon Dia. A team, by the way, that's disgustingly good. Three points right now in the B block. Yamato and Naruki Doi, Yamadoi, where are you at with them? We only have had two matches of theirs, and they've been great. I mean, that, the, like, do we think Yamadoi has over-delivered or invigorated Naruki Doi showing up here? Like, that's what we're talking about with this. I have to say over-delivered because I, I, their Cork and Hall performance blew me away. I just, I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to miss them that much. I didn't think they'd be that good. And they were great there. And I went notebook on the Strong Machines match as well. So I'm four stars for both their matches so far. Yeah, so I guess it's an overdeliver for me as well. I, I had high expectations, but they've blown me away. Uh, what about the strong machines? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they've they've been fun, but they've but, but they've been exactly what I expected. I mean, other than maybe that one match against Yamadoi, like if we're counting that in it, then yeah, slightly overdelivered. But what are we to expect when we have the strong machine army around nowadays? Precisely this. I, I've enjoyed their work. I've had a good time with them. I really wish we would have got on YouTube the Strong Machine J Yoshiki Kato, sing, uh, Yoshiki Kato singles match from today. That went 12 minutes. I, I'm really curious to see what that match looked like. Uh, but nevertheless, that one is gone into the ether. I, I'm hey, delivered there. Hey, uh, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, hey, if we have any listeners in Kagoshima who are there alive, if you're somehow one of those listeners, let us know. Let us know how that is, because 12 minutes for Yoshiki Kato is fascinating for me. You know, well. look, it's it's a hotbed for us. You pull up the red circle statistics. It's Chicago. It's New York. It's L.A. It's Kagoshima. Those are the big markets. Uh, that's the loop, baby. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Hogan used to talk about, was running uh, 300 days a year in those markets. Uh, so Strong Machines, three points. They're tied with Yamadoi. Last place in the B block. Zero points right now. Ben K and Minorita. Uh, give me your, your over-delivered, under-delivered, delivered, and then I've got a follow-up question for you about these guys. Perfect in every way, over-deliver. <laughs> and that's your unbiased opinion, of course. Hey, I, I knew exactly what this tag team was going to be in this tournament, and I've enjoyed these matches much more than I expected for Minorita squash matches, essentially. Are we concerned that Minorita is the Open the Briefgate champion and he keeps on getting beat like a drum? No, because I feel like he's going to get a couple, like, uh, by the skin of his teeth uh, defenses. Maybe one, maybe zero, but and, and it's going to be fine at the end of the day, I feel like. Like, it, it's something where, like, a legit argument can be made that Bing K is not holding up his end of the deal on this tag team. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Their, their matches, it's weird. You know, I, I really liked what they did against Shun and Kai. But as I look through the rest of their matches, you know, they, they're almost done here. They've wrestled the Dragons. They've wrestled Shun and Kai. They've wrestled the Strong Machines. They've wrestled M3K. Just not leaving an impression on me at all whatsoever. This is like the team that when you ask me a year from now, hey, who was in Ray Day Parejas? I'm going to forget about these guys. Even though they've been entertaining from a character perspective, their matches have not stuck with me whatsoever. I I, I mean, the thing that's like stuck with me is the, the uh, one YouTube where uh, Minoria tried to do his run around the ring thing and he ran backstage and Ishin beat the shit out of him. <laughs> what a phenomenal angle. <laughs> Which for me, that's why I went out of this tag team. And also, Benkei in a tracksuit is exactly what I felt like when in 2019 and 2020 when I lived that tracksuit life. So. That life, a dangerous life to live. Okay, let, let's, uh, we're, we're doing, we're going to spray to a lot of fields here. I'm, I'm happy with the way this is going. Before we talk about the B-block uh, standings and what's left to come, what is your temperature check right now, your vibe check? Are you into Champion Gate in Osaka? It is two weeks away, and we know absolutely nothing. Are you concerned about this? Are you not concerned about this? Where where are you at with Champion Gate? I I am a little bit more nervous about it than I was this time last week. I was hoping that something would derive a championship challenge out of anything that's happened, and we've seen nothing other than the assumption that Big Time will defend the Twin Gate Champions against Twin Gate Championship against whoever wins Ray De Parejas. That's basically the only direction we have. So I ask this because I talked to somebody who's based in Japan this morning, and I and I asked them the same question. I you know I, I I said, hey, is it weird that the tag league is taking this much focus that we're just completely abandoning any champion gate build? And this person came back to me and said, well, you know, you got to remember, one, it's it's a marquee show. You know, champion gate has some name value to it, and champion gate, and I think you would agree with this, Mike. Over the last three or four years, kind of 2019 onwards, Champion Gate has been great. Would you agree with that? Oh, I, 
it has been a format that has worked that very rarely has it been that there has not been at least two four star matches each night and it you walk away going like oh hey we have like crazy matches like Dragon Daya and Takuma Fujiwara or the three-way twin gate match last year and that's not to mention the Shimizu tile challenge so yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the, the last again 2019 onwards is really when they nailed it because if you go back to 2018 it's headlined the first night it's punch versus Kanda for the brave gate belt and then Jason Yoshino and Doi versus Flamita Yamato and Maria for the for the Triangle Gate on night one, and then night two was the great Benkei Mochizuki Dreamgate match. But then the Twin Gate match was HNT Hawk versus Genki and Susumu. That was a pretty weak lineup. Anything after that, I think they've nailed. So that person brought up to me, you know, hey, you got to remember this is a show that people are into, and then also that they brought up the point that look, Osaka. Other than July of 2022, in the midst of the Coach Menorah hellscape, has never really wavered in attendance during the pandemic. They've kind of gone right in line with where they should. A little bit of growth everywhere from August of 2020 through now. You have goodwill built in. You have a good market built in. You have a good building built in. You have all of these things that are are, are working in your favor. I personally am still going, God, they've... You know, they've got to be able to fill that building to to some degree. You know, they've been relatively consistent. Uh, The last two champion gates have done right around 500 fans. You certainly can't do less than that this year. You would like to do more given the the lack of restrictions that are now in place. But I I don't know if they're going to be able to get there or not. And the reason I bring that up is, yes, I think we're both assuming that Big Time is going to defend the Twin Gate Championships on the second night of champion gate. And I think the draw this year is not going to be Shun Skywalker's first defense of the dream gate belt. I think an adequate, now this would not main event. This would be the semi semi main event, but the adequate draw for this year's champion gate, I think has to be Yamadoi versus big time. Yeah, you really have to run that match now, especially given how, doi has been doing outside of dragon gate you know i mean i feel like we know where this is going to go with that and that's also regarding the fact that big r shimizu is an osaka city native so having that match there with him on top he should be able to draw with that at this point i mean that's why he had the Dreamgate shot last year yeah, you've got Shimizu, that's his home market, and you've got the history of Yamato and KZ, and then you've got Doi, who's just doing everything right now. Have you watched either of the Doi matches from this past week in the title match in DDT or the title match in All Japan? I have the All Japan match saved. I've not watched that one yet. Hey, um, I don't think Cannon's very good, so... Okay, that, that was good. my takeaway, was I watched... Yeah. So I have not seen the All Japan match yet, but I, I woke up early on... Saturday morning, my girlfriend had some work to do. I'm sitting next to her in bed. I, I go, baby, you mind if I pull up the uh, the old Wrestle Universe real quick, knock this match out? I got a lot of wrestling to watch this weekend. She says, go for it, as, you know, she sits there questioning her life. And I watched a pretty mediocre Doi versus Cannon match. And, and not to be the strike fetishist, but man, Cannon threw some Larrys in that match that didn't look like they would hurt a pillow. I was super disappointed with his performance there. Doi did everything he could, but that was just not a very good match. 
No, no. Uh, I, I, you see, case I had a similar conversation with a lady friend where it was, "Hey, I'm sorry, I can't go get pho with you and your dad. I have to go watch these shows from across Fukuoka." Yeah, no. I look. I was, I was in a similar position. I had the the uh, Monday off of work because of President's Day, and she's uh, in grad school, and she's got a late start on her Monday. She goes, "Hey, you wanna." You want to get breakfast? You want to get lunch? You want to hang out on Monday after we had, you know, had a lovely weekend together Friday through Sunday. Saw Maggie Rogers, saw Vance Joy. Very good weekend. And I kind of go, nah, I kind of, I got to, I got to take off early on Monday. Kind of, I got some stuff to do. I, I got two Fukuoka shows to watch and a bunch of, as you, all right, all right I, I, don't, I don't care. You're going to leave me to, to go sit on your couch <laughs> and watch wrestling. I don't care. Like, oh, that's fair. All right. <laughs> so, um, anyways. Yamadoi has to be the answer here. Now, you look at the remaining B-block matches, just to run down the standings one more time. Shun Skywalker and Kai, six points. Susumu Mochizuki and Yasushi Kanda, six points. The Dragons, Dragon Daya, Dragon Kid, four points. Yamadoi, three points. Strong Machines, three points. And Benkei and Minorita, zero points. The remaining matches. Big match on February 23rd, Yamadoi versus Shun Skywalker and Kai. February 25th, Yamadoi versus Benkei and Minorita. And then February 26th in Kobe, Yamadoi versus Susumu and Kanda in the Strong Machines versus Shun and Kai. I think the blueprint here, I, I really think in the grand scheme of things, the Yamadoi versus Shun and Kai matches are relevant because all Yamato, uh, all Yamato and Doi have to do after that, they beat Benkei and Minorita and they beat Susumu and Kanda and they are good to go. That, that's all they need to do. So I, I, I that, that match is going to be great. Zebrats versus Yamadoi. I don't think the result matters because I still think Yamadoi is going to win the last two and be in that semifinal match. Yeah, no, I, your logic makes sense to me. Like it, it just, it, it seems set up pretty well. Unless they really make me upset and rip the Band-Aid off and do Skywalker versus Kakuta in Osaka, which I think is just a monumental mistake. Is there any Dreamgate match that you can point to where you can go, yes, that's what they should do in Osaka, given the lack of build that's really happened? Yeah, I just don't know. Like, that's why I was, like, watching the uh, Dome. I was like, expecting, like, hey, are these... Is this going to be a, a good where Marafuji gets a pen and they just will run it? You know, like that was the only thing that made sense to me. And that clearly did not happen. There was no exchange there. So I have no idea for the Dream Gate. There's, like, there's been no indication whatsoever. No one's really been stepping up really to do that. And with the way that Shunkai have been booked, is there, there has not really been the opportunity for them to someone to get a direct fall on to Shun to necessitate the Dreamgate match. Yeah, I, I really thought they would build Shun versus Dragon Kid. I just that that seemed like the perfect V1. It's Champion Game Osaka, low stakes. Again, you know, that building can fill itself with anything worthwhile. I, I guess maybe that's the direction they go. It's just I, I don't know I don't know how you can get out of Kobe and then a Cork and Hall show that's going to be dedicated to Ray Day Parihas with the semifinals and the finals taking place on that show. I don't know how you can do that and still get, you need three title matches. You need a trial game match, a brave gate match, or a dream gate match. I don't know how they're going to get to any of those. At least with brave gate case, there's been enough people beating up Minerita. That's, that's true. But I, yeah, I just, 
I, I don't know. It's it's very strange. And, you know, the Triangle Gate match, I'm sure it'll be, you know, Ishin, Hyo, and Kai, and they'll they'll do that or whatever. But it it's all a little very it, it's all very strange to me right now. Yeah, nothing is really the I, I feel like leading into a big weekend two weeks away, we'd have at least like our North Star. And there's no North Star whatsoever. And that's weirdly enough case. An issue that happened with Summer Adventure Tag League leading into Dangerous Gates. What know? was the what was the dream gate? Oh, it was it was Shimizu versus Kai. And and we knew that in February because February was the, the big build and, and Shimizu was getting a bunch of flash pins on Kai. And then we would have known the Brave Gate match at Memorial Gate, which was this week of February last year. The Triangle Gate match, we had a good idea because that's when Gold Class Forum was in February, so we had a month build there. And then the Twin Gate match was the Ata Maria, SB Kento, Hyo, Decourage match, and that had a month build as well. That had a two-month build. Last year, Champion Gate felt super hot because all these matches had a had a pretty lengthy build for Dragon Gate standards. This year, the shows might end up being great, but we're not going to have that buzz that we had for these shows last year. Yeah, and, and I think we have to come to terms with that. Not that it's a bad thing. I mean, bringing back Ray de Parejas and having the opportunity to do this kind of thing, I would take having a meaningful January and February and a quick build to a doubleheader and Edeon to for Champion Gate over meandering basically until after Champion Gate. And then it's like, okay, what are we kind of doing towards Memorial Gate into the build to dead or alive? Like, I, I'm okay if this is like as a B show, it's treated more like a B show right now, if that makes sense. Even if that leaves us right now going, well, I have no clue what three out of the four title matches are going to be. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed the tournament so much, so it's hard for me to complain, but it does put us in a weird position. Changing gears real quick, Mike, is your DVR set to the Reels channel? Because tonight at 10 p.m., Yamato is challenging Alexander Hammerstone for the MLW World Heavyweight Championship? I don't even think I get Reels on YouTube TV, man. I... I, l let me look right now to see if I get reels on YouTube TV. I don't think I get it. MLW Underground tonight is Alexander Hammerstone versus Yamato. John Hennigan enters the Underground, which that's why would you advertise that? I don't want to watch him do anything. Sam Adonis versus Calvin Tankman and the Billington Bulldogs versus the FBI. Two out of the four ain't bad. I, I am into Adonis versus Tankman and obviously into Hammerstone versus Yamato. Yeah, I Adonis and Tankman, that's a that's a fun little match. That that's where I know the world of MLW doesn't stop, you know? No, they're on they're on the goddamn Reels channel. The world never stops. So I do not have the Reels channel, but I do have access to the Reels channel YouTube channel. <laughs> Thank God. I know. I mean what what can I do without that? I guess I have to wait for the three weeks until it appears on whatever is Court Bauer's fifth distribution model. Well, yeah, they're they're no longer airing MLW Fusion. I don't know where to watch MLW. That's as somebody that doesn't have cable. I don't know. I don't know where to watch this promotion. I don't know what pro wrestling TV is. I want to go watch the Warrior Wrestling Show because Cubs fan put over the main event, which is all the luchadors there. 
I don't know what this pro wrestling TV thing is. I think this was what uh, uh, Change Your Narrative was on. Okay. And I okay. think that tells us all we need to know about <laughs> okay. it. Okay, all right. I think NWA is on it as well. So, yeah, it's that network. It's that streaming service case. God, I've got, I've got an NWA scoop. This is uh, not the podcast for that, but I've got an NWA scoop I'm sitting on. Exciting stuff. You know, when, when, you, when you're in Chicago, Billy Corgan's name travels fast. And you learn some stuff that, that really makes you uh, nervous for the, the sake of that company's future. Do you hear more gossip about Billy Corgan or Man Cow? I personally hear more gossip about Man Cow just because I work with people who worked with him for decades. And so I have a lot of Man Cow stories and his name still comes up frequently. I, I will say, you know, in my shoot job, we did some business with this will sound, this sound gross. I apologize. We did some business with the Smashing Pumpkins about six months ago, which is what, it's just what happened, but that just sounds gross. I apologize. I've always loved the Pumpkins, but doing like a really intimate show with the Pumpkins and uh, the show I worked on, interviewed Billy, it, it all just, I'm so fascinated by him. And I know that's a bad, like it's 2023, who gives a shit about Billy Corrigan? But I, I, I've always loved their music. Siamese Dream is, is near perfection. Uh, Melancholy is too long. Adore is too long. But the high points on Adore are just marvelous. Uh, there, there's so much stuff that just now I'm really diving into about his psyche. I think he's such an interesting guy. But ultimately, for as much as I respect the fact that he devotes so much time, energy, and money into pro wrestling, he is just not good at it. No, no, I mean, but Austin Idol is still part of it, I guess. I, I'll take your word for it. All right, well, I will look up what pro wrestling TV is. I'll figure that out. You, you figure out a way to watch Yamato versus Hammerstone. And let's quickly go through uh, what we have not talked about on these Fukuoka shows. All right, so Fukuoka. Uh, should we talk about the uh, Yukahashi show on the, the day before that first as our co-host has been freaking out a lot yeah yeah let's uh let's go through that so that would have been i i can run down the matches we got there or at least the ray day parejas matches we got there this was on february 18th this is on the dragon gate youtube channel and we got in the semi-main event b block match kai and shun skywalker versus susumu mochizuki and yasushi kanda and that was the only tournament match on this show and it was a brawling sleaze fest that was just was a distraction chair shot and then a knee salt on Conda. I thought it was okay. Two and three quarters. Couldn't couldn't agree more, Mike. Now on to across Fukuoka. All right, across Fukuoka was on the nineteenth. Both shows will be up on the network until the twenty sixth. We opened up with Reyes de Parejas, Ben Rita, Benkei and Menorita, standing at zero points versus Asumu, Mochizuki, and Zushi Kanda, who were staying at four points. The Akosuka cutter on Menorita to win the match, moving Susumu and Kanda to six, and Ben Rita is having the wooden spoon. Yeah, look, I, I said my piece on this earlier. I think it's a little weird that a a brave geek contender and a man like ben k continue to lose but somebody's got to lose in this tournament and in the b block it's going to be those guys yep and then we get ben carrying off menorita each match up uh, next was a special singles match kagatora versus Ata. 
eight to one by an arm drag crucifix. I think I was a little bit lower on this than you. I just Kagator is someone and with Ada, it just was very hard for me to get into it to the level that it seems like you did. So sell me on this so I can go back and rewatch it with new eyes. I, I don't even know if I can sell you on this because I, I still I can't shake the fact that if Kagatora disappeared tomorrow, if he went to Gleet, if he went to All Japan, if he went to DDT, if he retired, the world would keep moving. He just he feels so antiquated in 2023 Dragon Gate. I, some people seem to look at that as a negative as they continue to shed all this old skin. To me, it's you know it, it's it's a positive. It's a blessing. It's it's you know the issue that pro wrestling Noah's going to have for the next five years. They leverage their entire future onto a sixty year old guy. That sixty year old guy is gone, and they have nothing to show for it. Kagatora is what in his early forties, and he feels like a dinosaur in this promotion. He's forty years old, and he feels like an absolute dinosaur. In the current state of Dragon Gate, I think that's a great problem to have. As for the match, I I thought it was like a prime zone special. This was swanky grappling. This was Ata being interesting. This was Kagatora being as interesting as he can. Just big plus all around. Super fun undercard match. It, it was something for me at least. Like I thought it was interesting how they were like as a prime zone match. This was kind of an interesting one. I didn't look at it in those eyes, and maybe. That is why I came away with just two and a half stars, and I like the Kaganui through it. But yeah, it's it, it's a fascinating exercise to see with Ata what they try to how they have to book him to begin with, and then you have someone of Kagatora who, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Kagatora's other parents in a little bit. Yeah, again, he could disappear tomorrow, and it just it wouldn't affect the promotion at all, and that's kind of all I can think about whenever I see him. Non-tournament tag team match, Don Fuji and Geeky Horiguchi unaffiliated versus Hyo and Kai. Hyo wins with a top rope senton on Ginky. Uh, I thought that I really enjoyed the Don Fuji and Kai thing. Don Fuji's having a moment case. Don Fuji, in any other promotion, I think would be heralded as like a sneaky all-time great. He just, he works in a promotion that's built on sneaky all-time greats. But you, you're kind of reminded here in a match like this, and then obviously what he's done is Strong Machine F in this tournament. Just, just everything a pro wrestler should be is Don Fuji. It, it is something that if this was not Dragon Gate, Don Fuji would be such a Segunda Keita favorite. Oh my god, yes. He is just such a fun character to watch, and seeing him with Kai and the way they kind of interact with this, it just, and this was something that for across Fukuoka, you know, this is their first noise, this is the first noise crowd since, uh, I think right before, right after Hakata Starlane's close. No, there was no, like the, eight the, they had a, They had a full year, basically, of across Fukuoka. So the last time they ran here before the pandemic, let's take a quick look at attendances here. So they did uh, February 20th of 2020. Obviously, the doubleheader here, 469 for the day show and 603 for the night show. Uh, this weekend, the day show did 383, and then the night show did a super no vacancy full house of 451. So at times they've been able to put more in the building, but given the current structure, that was considered a full house and, and they sold every ticket they could. Yeah. And it was something that I felt like the crowd, like one of my big problems was this wasn't that with across Fukuoka, they replaced 
what I one of my favorite venues of all of wrestling. Hakata Starlane is one of the most molten venues possible because of the acoustics of it. We didn't get that on these two shows, but the crowd was into it, especially when we start talking about hometown favorite Kaito Nakano in a bit. Yeah, very much so. Then we move to a Natural Vibes versus Zebrats six-man tab case. Remember when we would have these like every week? Natural Vibes versus Zebrats six-man tags? Yeah, the world was a better place for it. I, I, I wish this would have happened on the Noah show today. Oh, gosh. And it was Jackie Funky Kamei, Jason Lee, Strong Machine J versus Shun Monte and Ishin. It was the Vuelta finale on JFK. He got destroyed post-match. I thought this was a whole lot of fun. Jackie got a little cranky this week, and I've really enjoyed Jackie Kamei with a bit of an edge. Oh, completely. I mean, I mean, he's really starting to figure out who he is and who he can become. He he's a brilliant wrestler who's been getting his ass kicked, and now he's been fighting back. And this was a match I nearly went notebook on. I went three and three quarters on this. It's just it, it, it's everything you would want it to be. There there's specifically a great spot here. Jackie takes out Shun and Diamante, and then Jackie gets dragged to the floor. And Shun Skywalker just launches him in to the ring post. Such a violent move right there. And then a few moments later, they go into that that press slam where Kamei gets dropped and gets kicked in the gun on the way down. He took an absolute beating here, but he fought back. He showed some heart against Zebras. This was everything it should have been. A really, really good match. I think there's a future fascinating Bravegate match between him and Ishan. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's a very good point. We've seen what he can do with his, his contemporary in SB Kento. I think he and Ishan is kind of that next untapped gold mine in terms of just great matches, great chemistry. Yeah, they got a little something going on there. Uh, the the semi-main event on the afternoon show, Atomico's action as the entire trio of D-Courage, Yuki Yoshioka, Dragon Daya, and Madoka Kakuda teamed with Dragon Kid against Ultimo Dragon, Yamato, BB Hulk, and Kota Minonora. It was Kota Minonora, or it was the double cork out of the 301. I had the 301 written and marked out, out on Dragon Daya hitting the double cork out of the 301 on Minora, building up the night show. This was not a touch football match. I, I thought this was okay. You know, I, I enjoy a little bit of a, a of the uh, big eight-man tags that we get here. I thought it was just okay. You seem to be a little bit more into it than I did. I Yamato getting away from high end and getting, like, tossed in with Yama Hulk. I know you're kind of tired of Yam, Yamato, Kai, and Hulk, that triangle of pain, but we got something a little bit different there. Like, it was a different element, that almost as if that whole entire three-way storyline never happened and then we got to see the brain buster to hell and hey you get one of those moves and, and you do it and it gets gift and gets sewn around and it's that brutal looking i will probably move you up a quarter star just say i don't mind yamato and hulk here just because it feels so different than tribe vanguard or Team Dragon Gate, or R.E.D. versus Dragon Gate, or whatever other era we were living in. Yamato just feels like a new man, and I, I am so in love with this iteration of Yamato. Yeah, no, it's, I, I feel like we might need to dip our toe into some Ryuku Dragon Pro Wrestling coming up soon. Brother, you know I'd be more than happy to do that. 
Yep. The main event, actually, so after this, there was a Daya and Dragon Kid. There was a beatdown. I, I I think I have beatdown written down there. Was there a beatdown after this match? I apologize. My handwriting is awful. In my oh, notes. God. Uh, yeah. Well, did Shun beat him up here? Is this where Shun came out? Yeah, this is where Shun came out, beat him up here, building up the night show. That's what I thought. Yeah, good stuff there. Yep. And the main event, uh, I would dare say the match of the show and Rey de Parejas. It was the rookie tag team of Yoshiki Kato and Kaito Nagano. He is a Hakata native at two points versus Masaki Mochizuki, Mochizuki Jr. The Mochizuki's time limit draw. I cannot believe they went to a draw here. Were you expecting this finish? Did you know this finish going into the match? Yeah, I I had to catch up with these shows, so I saw the results, so I knew. I, I did not, and the longer this match went, the, the more I thought, surely Father Mochizuki is just going to kill these kids. There's no way they're doing a draw with Masaki Mochizuki and a pair of rookies, and then that's exactly what they did, and I couldn't have been happier. You know, the, the time limit draws, with the exception of one match that we'll talk about in just a minute, the time limit draws have not bothered me. I think... You and I saw it today in the match that we watched right before we started recording. The time limit draws were done for a reason. That reason paid off. I'm super into it. This was just, Mike, this was marvelous pro wrestling. I mean, this was legitimately great. And I think in any other promotion, you see the press junket come out and you see uh, tastemakers uh, from all corners make a big deal out of this match. And you and I are just kind of screaming into an empty hallway at times going, this is great. Watch this match, watch this match. But Oh my God, if you haven't seen this match, watch this match. Yeah. That there's, there's the character wrinkles here that I think might be one of those quote unquote entrance barriers to dragon gate where Mochizuki, Misaki Mochizuki basically for a good portion of this match, May Jr. beat the crap out of his friends. Like, there's no better way to put it than that case. He basically was like, Jr., you're, you're handling stuff here. And it was awesome. It was something that's like, of course, Misaki Mochizuki wants Jr. to do this. Like, the class of 2022 is a very competitive one. And he wants to be able to stake his claim, his son to stake his claim here. But there was like a level of that. And that then you guys see Jr. and Nagano face off and Nagano with the exception of Eita most over person and in this building as he should be that was just making there are moments of this making me wince and then you had Mochizuki tagging in and having to deal with Yoshiki Kato which was just a lot of fun because Masaki Mochizuki one of the five best wrestlers of all time doing some nice character work going oh he's big and having to deal with that so yeah no four and a quarter this was just tremendous stuff I don't think it could be understated that a man three months into his career, a man six months into his career, and a man eight months into his career headlined a Drangate show in what I would call an A-town. You know, this is this is one of the key Drangate markets. This is a big deal in Fukuoka. And they put three literal rookies in the main event. I went four and a half stars on this. And, and for as good as the rookies were, I do think we have to shed a little light on Masaki Mochizuki, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. You were the one in February of 2018. You had the honors because of my busy schedule at the time of writing the review for the February Cork and Hall show 
that dealt with Mochizuki versus KZ in the infamous Masaki Mochizuki works the stomach match. And we kind of got the second iteration of that here with Masaki Mochizuki working the gut of Kaito Nagato, putting an iron claw on the midsection of Kaito Nagato towards the finishing stretch, backing him into the corner and hitting a trio of back spin kicks into the gut of Kaito Nagato. All of the great Masaki Mochizuki performances, there's there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of great matches. Boy, this one, this one deserves a spot on the Pantheon. This is one that I will remember. A brilliant performance from all four men, but the work that Mochizuki did here sets him apart from not only just all of the other wrestlers in the world, but all of the other great wrestlers. This was a uniquely Masaki Mochizuki match. There is no one in pro wrestling who works the stomach like Masaki Mochizuki. I feel like I, I've established that as canon. I, I forgot that I wrote that review, okay? So I was afraid you were going to like point out like bad quotations I did. <laughs> no, 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 that. no. There's, there's a few reviews. I mean, I since 2015, I feel like I reviewed about 95% of the Cork and Hall shows. And then like the ones you review have some really big historical connotations to it. I was like, oh, I wanted to write about that. Like, why am I busy this week? I mean, it, 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 and it's always something that I'm like, oh, God, how do I write about Masato Yoshino's retirement? Like, how? <laughs> oh, boy, was I happy to hand that one off? I said, Brother, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take the Shun and KZ match. You you summarize Masato Yoshino's career. I don't want to do that. I, I did that already. It was hard. <laughs> it, it, it's not a it, it, it's it's a good time, but it's also a very stressful time. I had to DM Larry Dallas and ask for his thoughts on Masato Yoshino. I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> The evening show was the super no vacancy sellout uh, that opened with JFK and Jason Lee, the Kung Fu Masters versus Mino Hulk. Uh, Kung Fu Masters were at one point. Gold Class were at four. Jason ducked a first flash into a folding crucifix pen. Case, this was my note that I wrote down here that feel like encapsulates this match perfectly. Good fun. Absolutely. I mean, three and a half stars, just everything you want from an opener. Jason is just loving chin checks lately. He wants to make sure that you're not going to go down when you get hit in the button. And it's, a, it, you know, some people may look at that as being mean. I look at that as a public service. You know, you want to make sure you, you, you have a strong jaw. And Jason Lee is out there testing that. And it just was just an absolute blast where they just start throwing bombs. This was a bomb match. I went three and three quarters, guys. I'm really... Uh ready for jason to have a pock-esque brave gate run and i know that's a lofty expectation to put on somebody but he's good enough i mean i I use that comparison for a reason he's so good and i I very rarely feel this way in dragon gate that people are underutilized because people fluctuate up and down the card you know i the the cycle down thing that i i sometimes think it's overstated in dragon gate there's there's top stars and there's not but I think they can do so much more with Jason Lee. And he's in one of the best tag teams in the world. He's killing it in this tournament. I just I just want the world to pay attention to how good this guy is. It, it's just, it's three years now of me going, he's the best junior in the world. He's the best junior in the world. I watched these Hiromu matches. Hiromu's good. Hiromu's not this good anymore. And that's that's just because his body gave up on him. Jason Lee, without a doubt, to me, best junior heavyweight in the world, could walk on a dynamite tomorrow and fit right in would you know 
God forbid, worst worst t- possible timeline. He's in NXT. He's immediately the best wrestler on that roster. He's the best best New Japan Junior there would be. Best Noah Junior there would be. Best All Japan Junior there would be. Uh, Mike, he's just he's just such a goddamn good wrestler. And he keeps on adding new elements, and he, he's like changed the elements he's been doing in this tournament as well, like going and like in the rookie tag going for the the arm and then like with all that it's just such a good time to see him like develop and like adding these edges to him like first he's trying to take off yoshiki kato's arm we'll talk about someone else who tried that in the next match but now it's just like he has one of the best forearms in wrestling you know like this is the one again segunda keita should look at how look at the chin checks that him and Minora were throwing at each other in this evening show on YouTube, by the way. Yeah, go watch it. Speaking of people wanting to take arms, Diamante stole Jason Lee's idea in his match against Yoshiki Kato. He won with the arm breaker. And Case, this is like the real monkey's paws moment. I wanted a tall boys league coming out of this match because Fukuoka... They like the stalling big boy suplexes. Absolutely. Now, th- uh, yes, go, go ahead. S- speak your piece on this match, then I'll get to my point. I just thoroughly enjoyed the idea that everyone's idea to take out Kato is, well, you got to take his arm out. And that's what Diamante focused on on this thing. It's like, well, it worked for Jason. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try it, see if it works for me. Oh, wait, I won this match. I really want to know what the plans were going to be going forward. This seemed like a match that was setting the table for something big. And again, we don't know the extent of Diamante's injury as of the time we're recording this, but it can't be good. And it seemed like there was going to be more to this because Kato kind of got his ass kicked at this match. It was the most that Kato has been beaten up so far. Yeah, very much so. I I mean, kind of a dominant one-sided match, which I was not expecting. Yeah, it was fun, though. I was three and a quarter. I thought it was a blast. Yeah, I'm I'm probably a little bit lower, but I just enjoyed the the structure of the match. The next match was a non-tournament match with hometown legend Kaito Nakano teaming with Kakatora versus Eita and Yamato. Yamato won with a spinning Galarea that murdered Nagano. This was my favorite match on the showcase. I loved it. And, and part of that is the spike that happened. I just, I thought that was really fun. And we, we had the fact that uh, uh, Kakatora had to come out to Kaito Nagano's theme. And fantastic. Absolutely cut, fantastic. Cut a look straight into the hard cam of what am I doing here? You, 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 you could read it in his eyes. Shouldn't Kagatora just be getting beaten up by bulk orchestra? Uh, doesn't that seem like it's his future? Yeah, uh, what's the team with Ito and Kadama, like Jan's family? He should join that. Yeah, that's I, <laughs> a bunch of faceless Japanese wrestlers. That's perfect for Kagatora. Just I like <laughs> Ito. The, the guys I are like... going, oh, yeah, 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 them. Yeah, no, I'm, they're good. They're good. I can definitely pick them out of a lineup. Yeah. No, no, that's true. Uh, but Case, the thing I loved about this, not only did we get new Ari Yamato, he was rudoing it up and Eita was gleeful about Yamato, like gladly like trying to just make Nagano's life a living hell. This was a ton of fun. I, I mean, this was 
one of those deals where you see Yamato and Ata in the same ring, and there's a sense of star power there, and then you see Nagato step right up to them, and you go, oh my, what, what, this kid is, is 5-1. How is he stepping up to Yamato and Ata with such confidence, and yet here he is doing the damn thing? A, a really fun, what I would call TV style of match. Oh, yeah. I, this is something that, as I have this never-ending episode of Dark on Case. Uh, Tony Nese and uh, Trent Brett are having a match, so the uh, the Premier Athlete brand are exp- are exploding in 2023. Just just keeping abreast of that. Uh, it this feels like a match that like it went. I think like 10 minutes. I don't have the match run times in front of me right now, and it was like a fascinating thing of how long Nagano could stay alive around two of the pillars of Dragon Gate and. Him trying to just starting off the match with had to be a close to a dozen no soul drop kicks by Yamato. As soon as that happened, I knew we were in for it. I was four and a quarter on it. I adored it. I I am not that high, but I also can't begrudge you for being that high. Just was a blast. I just adored it. Uh, Rey de Parejas returned for the next match. It was JNF Strong Machine Army at one point. Ben Rita at zero. This was like. Really, the last chance that Ben Rita had a chance to get any points in this damn thing. Well, Machine Suplex holding like four minutes. It was what we expected it to be. And, you know, it was what we expect, you know. And I appreciate the fact that Ben's still going. Ben Rita will handle it at 0-3. Yeah, yeah. This was, uh, I, I got nothing else to add on uh, this. The original M2K faced off against Ultimo, Ginki, Horiguchi, and Ho-Ho Loon. Of course, original M2K. Masaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, and Yazushi Kanda. Finley roll with the Geku Judo elbow on Ginki to win. Ultimo was very funny at, at the end here, Kay, so I just want to like point out here. Did not try to go in for, to break up the pin. He saw Junior coming around the corner. He ran and, and punk kicked him from the apron. It was great. Yeah, another another fine match. This one very much more uh, touch football than the afternoon show, but uh, not painful by any means. Speaking of painful, uh, uh, Yoshioka and Kakuda versus Hio and Ishin went to a time limit draw, and this is universally, every person I've talked to who has seen these shows have, this is the match where everyone points out, you think they're kind of doing the time limit draws too much? Uh, I, I don't mind the time limit draws. I just hated this match. I thought this match served no purpose. I, I, I thought I said this earlier. I'll, I'll repeat myself here. It was a Hyo match that didn't land, and that is a very dangerous combination. This was slow and deliberate, had a ton of cheating, ha- had a certain amount of character work to it, and it just didn't work for me at all, and thus I had no interest in it. Yeah, uh, I was a little higher, but this was super, super slow. And Ishin and Kakuda have something going on here. Closing stretch where Ishin tried to basically contain Kakuda and Yoshioka so Hyo would not get pinned was interesting, but this was not a strong match. This was probably the weakest match of the tournament. To be fair. This, this is where I really, I started to turn against the tournament as a whole because of this match, because I, as I was going through the first Fukuoka show, which I just thought was a ton of fun, over-delivered, main event was phenomenal. I'm thinking, man, this Ray Day Parejas, the wrestling media is missing something by not covering this tournament. And then you get into this show, and, and Diamante versus Kanto was fine. It served a purpose. And I thought, you know, the Eita and Yamato tag was fun. 
Strong Machine J, that match didn't really do anything for me. You, know, you got the touch football match. And then you get into this, and it just seemed like all of the the three weeks of goodwill that had been built up vanished with this match. And, and maybe I'm just being hard on these guys, but I, I've talked about my heel problem. You know, he, he's going to have to show me that he can hang in the ring with these guys or else he's just this generation's gamma. And, and just some people that serves a very valuable spot on the roster but I, I watch this promotion for the stories as much as I do the good matches, and I need him to be able to have good matches. So this was a giant red flag for me. I thought this was the weakest match of the tournament, and I hope he can turn it around. He's going to have two big opportunities to do so. If he stinks up the joint versus Jason and Jackie, we are going to have really big issues next week. Yeah, that I, I'll give you that. Like That's a match that should... It should excel given how Kung Fu Masters have been lately. So we might need to have a talk about Hio next week. Another talk about him. The main event for the day-night doubleheader at Across Fukuoka was the double dragon team, Dragon Kid and Dragon Daya, were at two points versus Shun Kai, who were at four. A brutal knee salt on Daya to win the match. I, I was four and a quarter case. I thought that this... They, they put a real shift in. I still think I like the Nagano tag a little bit more on this show, but I I get people liking the main event much more than it as well. I didn't quite go notebook on this, which is, given the foreman involved, a slight disappointment. I still, I mean, at three and three quarters, it's a very good match. It, to me, it's I mean, it wasn't even close to being on the same level as the main event for the first show. This was This was just an okay match for a lot of the match, and then it really turned the corners around the time of that Ultra Rana uh, from Dragon Daya's shoulders. I think I was really thrown off by 20 minutes of deliberate Zebrat's heel work into a match. You know, this goes 14.05, and probably the first seven minutes of this just felt like a continuation from the prior match. This was a rare instance of a Dragon Gate show that I thought was paced really poorly. It was something that, at least for me in this match, the thing that I really, that really kind of took me aback was the fact that, like, things, there, there were certain spots in this match that got so over, that were much more over than I expected, like the near fall for the reptilian on Shun. Like, the crowd completely bit, bit in to Daya getting a fall on the Dreamgate champion, which would have been fascinating with that. And then, Shroom did one piece of character work that, yeah, this did not determine my star rating, but it did give me a, a, a uh, give me a smiley feeling. Shroom finding the Daya mask and just throwing it across across Fukuoka pops me. Yeah, no, there was a lot of good stuff here. It was just, I think if I went back and rewatched this, I would like it a lot more than I did. It was just a match that that fell at the wrong time and place. You know, I, I just got through this very frustrating heel match. And then Shun and Kai come out, and even if it's not the same pacing, it was too much of a similar tone for me at first. And I was just, I was not into that whatsoever. But by the end of it, you know, Dragon Daya had an excellent performance here. His big moves really hit. Shun is who, I is just, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can watch Shun Skywalker and not think he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. It, it really, it, it blows my mind, and this is... Uh, you know, uh, across far and wide of the wrestling media, people that have an eye on Drangate that go, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's fine. You know, he's doing whatever. And don't just aren't completely enamored with this guy's work because the people that are plugged in in our discord, it's, you know, it, it's a largely universal opinion. 
that Shun is is the guy. He is the wrestler in this promotion that people need to have their eyes on. I, I thought he was just marvelous here. I enjoyed the finish. Were you bothered at all by Dragon Die getting pinned with this move and not the SSW? No, because they've been defining secondary finishers all tournament long. And and remember when uh, Shun at Corkin landed square on Yoshida's stomach with a knee yes. assault? Yes, I do. The, He's the finding secondary finishers right now, as he shows the Dreamgate champion, like reminding people he has the knee salt. You know what move we haven't seen out of Shun for a long time, at least since he's been heel? What's that? Ashla. Yeah, it's a good looking move, isn't it? That that's I, I don't know how you would describe it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, the Falcon Arrow variant, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh so I'm okay with that. I mean, like we had Jason doing stuff like this. Like people are doing other things. I mean We'll talk about this and Koku Rikido about uh, the Cristo case in the next show. Uh, but before that, any last thoughts on Across Fukuoka? I really liked the first show. I thought the second show was just okay. I, you know, I think that's a fair, a fair read of it. I think that the Nagano, seeing Nagano in front of his hometown in a cheering crowd was really something fun to see across both nights. And, you know, rookie tag versus Mochizuki's. That's up there. That's in the tournament. Probably going to be a top three match of the tournament, if not ending up at number one, I would say. What's your top three right now? Uh, well, my number one right now is a match we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Kung Fu Masters versus Courage Ass. And then I think it's rookie tag might be number two as I'm flipping through my notebook very quickly. Yeah, I would say I did adore at the cork and the cork and uh Minor and hulk i was uh, not as high on it as you but uh double dragon versus doyama i think is my number two then probably rookie tag versus mochizuki's if i was gonna make a top three right now number one hulk and Minora versus kakucha and yoshioka like you said i'm higher on that than you are number two mochizuki's versus nagano and kato and then number three would be this match jason lee and jackie funky kame versus madoka kakuta and yuki yoshioka from february 21st yep i think that that's a pretty fair uh top three of uh, there they did have kokorito before that it was i probably am butchering it 222 or 220 it was the night after uh double dragon versus strong machine army this was the match that dragon kid won with the cristo on f yeah i look uh, uh, there were what two tournament matches on this show yes yeah, I, they were both fine. I, I don't have a yeah. ton of thoughts here. Yeah, and then the other one, the Mochizukis versus Hulk and Minora in Granaje on Junior. I was three and three quarters on it. It was fun to see Junior and Mochizuki deal with the fact that Mochizuki could not get in to break up Tad, break up Falls, which I thought was kind of fascinating. But the star of YouTube from Kagoshima from today was this JFK versus Yosh Yoshioka and Kakuda match where jason won with a crucifix hold with 30 seconds left on the clock molten crowd in case we've talked about how kame and kakuda have weird chemistry sometimes it's really bad sometimes it's good this was probably the best like matchup i've seen of those two i would say since kakuda's return yeah i can't imagine a better scenario i mean this is a four and a half star match that took place in in a bunker in front of 230 people uh, you know this was one of those deals, you put this in Corkin, you put this in Osaka, you put this in, in a Kobe setting. 
we're talking about a match that would surely finish in not only our Dragon Gate top 10s of the year, but probably our universal top 10s of the year. Brilliant match. And it goes back to everything I said about Jason earlier. It goes back to everything I've said about Jackie, you know, really finding his edge, you know, succeeding as an underdog, but also fighting back, which is such a tough thing to do. And he's doing it so well. And then this D Courage team, I mean, to me, Madoka Kakuta could just, he could do no wrong right now. He is on fire in a way that I think few wrestlers ever are. Four and a half star match for me. The finish, Mike, the finish got me to get up off my couch and audibly yell because I thought, surely we're going to a time limit draw. This match has been going on a long time. I'm looking at the YouTube bar. I see we got time left in this video. Surely we're going to a time limit draw. And when Jason scored that pinfall, it stunned the shit out of me. It worked. I support all the time limit draws because it got us to this point. Phenomenal stuff. Yeah, and the the only downside about it is that you would wish that this time limit draw happened in front or this near time limit draw happened in front of a bigger crowd on the network and on YouTube, but it's just fantastic stuff. It is it, it is at this point probably I completely blanked on what my top three were. No, this is my match of the tournament, what am I saying? So it just it's something where we get to see how good Jason can be, how great Kamea has been. And then you get like little wrinkles. Like I think this is the first time that strong machine J has been at ringside supporting Kung Fu masters during the tournament case. Did you notice that? I know I actually, I did notice that because I thought what's strong machine J doing out there. And then I, I remembered he was in natural vibes. Right. Yeah. No, that was the thing that kind of stuck out with that. Uh, it it, it would have been interesting. Had this match taken place in Kobe, the last day of block play, with the same finish because now like, I don't know what this does to time limit draws going forward. I'm going to be really curious to see if we get any more because this paid off the time limit draw story in a really effective way. I would have liked to have seen this on the last night of the tournament in front of that Kobe crowd. I think the the reaction was huge. And I think the reaction would have been even bigger had they milked it for four more days. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. And those were, that was Ray de Parejas for this week. We, As Case ran down earlier in the show, they have a show in, in Aichi and Tokai, that is Dragon Kids Homecoming, and then one show in, in Tsushima before finishing up at the Kobe Art Center, their annual return there to end out the block play here in Ray de Parejas. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because I'm looking at the show for Tokai that's going to be happening in two days, and Minorita versus Diamante was supposed to be match three there. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah, I I would assume we get Minorita versus Fuda or something now. Yeah. Uh, interesting show since it's Dragon Kids Homecoming. Uh, he is in the main event. It is the the three generations of dragons versus original M three M two K there. That's going to be like an hour ten minute YouTube they're going to upload. That's a good point. Everyone, like, I'm trying to think the Shoya Sato finale last year, that was over an hour. There's a few of those YouTube uploads that, that eclipse an hour, and that certainly seems like it would be one of them. Yeah, that's going to be up there for that. Uh, the rest of the show, it's not going to make tape. Uh, Eita teaming of Ho-Ho versus uh, uh, Cyber Kong and Punch Tomonaga. That's, that's a real cursed match. For that, that will not be making tape. <laughs> no, not at all from... Tsushima, we, uh, you've mentioned the uh, Ray de Parejas match. Other stuff on the show. Only five matches on the show here. 
original M2K versus Zebrats, Eita and Ginky versus Yoshida and Punch, Mochizuki Jr. versus Sachi Hoko Boy. I hope that makes tape. That's fascinating. That's a fun one. Yep. And then we don't have a card for the Art Center, and I imagine these cards will be shooken up because of the assumed Diamante injury. Case, I thought this was going to be like a two-hour show, but it's not the case. Uh, anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, I really recommend people watch the Mochizukis versus Nagano and Kato from Fukuoka, the main event of the afternoon show, and then fire up YouTube. No Dragon Gate Network subscription required. Go watch Jason and Jackie versus Kakuta and Yoshioka. It is so worth your time. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this week on Open the Boys Gate. We'll be back next week to to end uh, block play and then look ahead to the crazy start of March. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. I'm, I'm at Fujiheya. Case is at underscore in your case. Thanks for listening to Open Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next week. Take care. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself... How many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.